All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this brand new 100 podcast. Oh, excuse me. I'm being corrected. The 100 podcast. So let's just go ahead and start. I'm Lydia, and I'm going to have a few of my friends who I suckered into watching the show with me who absolutely hate me now, along with some of the biggest influencers in the 100 fandom, um, mainly Bullark fans, but hey, that's the best part of the show, right? I mean, I think you'd be lying if you disagreed. So to get started, I'm Lydia, and I will be your main host, and we will introduce our guests as they arrive. Um, a little bit about me and how I got started on the show. It's actually kind of a funny story. There were some coworkers uh, with my husband who kept asking him what shows we liked and what we liked to binge because, you know, that's how you get to know people these days. Like, what shows are you into? What do you binge these days? You know, kind of thing. And he told them that currently we were going through and re-watching Lost. As soon as he said that, they said, have you watched The 100? We had never heard of The 100, knew nothing about this. He was a little confused. And they said, well, the guy from Lost who plays Desmond is in this show and you would love it. Like you have to get into it. Like it's about to start season five. You really need to get into it. And he said, okay, well, you know, maybe for like the next show we're looking for, you know, we'll go through and, and watch it. Um, one of his coworkers a couple months later got engaged and contacted me. Now I'm a wedding cake designer, absolutely left field type of industry, um, from, you know, anything, about this show since, you know, apparently romance is no longer the cool thing. Uh, but we'll get more to that later. I have to remind myself to not read articles, especially after such epic episodes. It totally ruins it, guys. Anyways, um, that coworker reached out to me and wanted to meet with me about doing a wedding cake consult. So I uh, went through my spiel and went and asked them what kind of cake designs they were into it. And they said, well, we are really hugely into this show. I guess not realizing that my husband had discussed with me um, before, you know, what our next show should be. She said, we're really into this show. You know, we love watching it together. It's like our thing. It's, it's you know, what we do. It's like our weekly absolute cannot miss kind of thing. So I was really intrigued by this. And I said, okay, well, you know, what's the show? And she said, it's called The 100. And I said, oh, yeah, I, I think my husband had mentioned that, you know, we needed to get into the show as our next binge, you know, tell me a little bit about it. And as she was going through describing it, I was a little confused. I was like 100 teenagers that are juveniles being sent back to Earth after an apocalypse. Okay, like the premise sounds kind of cool, you know, whatever. And then she started going into like, maybe a little too far trying to talk about like these people that had lived on earth that were grounders that were kind of savage like and then these like the people in the mountain and they were like a completely different breed of type of people and then trying to explain the flame and I think she was just trying to throw too much at me at once that I kind of was like turned off by it I was like this sounds a little bit out of my element um but I heard her out and I said okay well we have about, you know, 10 or so months until your wedding. So it gives me time to do some research. Now, most of the wedding cakes I do are very pretty traditional type wedding cakes. Um, so when it comes to a specific theme or show or character, I really have to 
dig into research and dig into what people love about it and what's memorable about it. Um, you know, I talk to people who watch it, who are super into it, who have this knowledge of it. Um, so I, I started looking into it and I kind of felt really lost and confused, which I think unless you've watched the show fully through on your own, you know, it's really hard to explain to somebody, you know, the magnitude of what this show is and, you know, the storyline and the characters. Um, so I just, you know, my husband said, well, let's just start watching it. Let's, let's see what happens. Now I'm not going to lie to you guys. The first couple of episodes, I was like, this is kind of weird. I don't really know if I'm feeling it, you know, like, I don't know. But we always promise ourselves when we start a new show that we will give it one full season. One full season, see kind of where we're feeling about it. Like, are we intrigued enough to start the next season and, you know, invest the time into the show? Or are we like, eh, we gave it a season, it's not really for us, and move on. Well, I knew one way or another I had to get enough information out of this to be able to come up with a design for this couple. And they kind of wanted to go two ways. Like, usually if it's a theme cake, it's a groom's cake. You know, you see groom's cakes that are made of like Yeti ice chests or a guitar or, you know, their favorite sports team. So I figured if we were going to do this show as a theme that, you know, it'd be more in a groom's cake setting. But the bride also wanted to kind of do a classic traditional cake with elements of the hundred subtly in there that maybe unless you watched the show, you wouldn't really know or appreciate. And then she did want to look at a more explicit cake. Like you knew this cake screamed the hundred. So I had kind of two, you know, opposite ends to go with here. So I figured, okay, I got to stick it out long enough past a couple episodes. You know, I have to, you know, for research, if nothing else, I got to figure this out. So I want to say about halfway through season one, so maybe like episode five, episode six, I was really getting interested in it. And I was like, wow. And I'm sure like most of you, especially like the diehards, like y'all have been watching this since day one. Like this isn't just this was a quick binge for you. Like you have been there from the very first time it aired, watched it week by week, you know, suffered many hiatuses and suffered long hiatuses. Um, I have major respect for you because we binged seasons one, two, three, and four in a month. Like once we got past that little hump in season one, we were hooked. And I'm talking, we were watching like three to four episodes an evening because it's summertime and there's not a whole lot on, you know, regular TV and network. And we're big football fans, so it's football off season for us. So we had a lot of spare time in the evenings where nothing was on. So we would binge three, maybe four episodes. And so, yeah, in a month, we killed all four seasons. Then when we were looking to see, we didn't even know when season five was, you know, if, you know, season four, it ended such a crazy, you know, with the time jump and everything. And we just, we were like, we need more. Like, when does season five come out? And we finished at the end of June. We started June 1st, which was a Friday. And I remember like being like, we're in this for the long haul. We had a, a weekend off. It was rainy. And I was like, well, we're, we're doing this. We're going to, you know, push through and, and get quite a bit accomplished this weekend with this show. 
And it's always good when you can use lounging on the couch and literally doing nothing for a whole weekend and blame it on research for work. That's actually the best excuse in the world. Anyway, so we looked up when is season five, like we have to know what happens with this time jump. And we realized that season five was in the middle of airing right now. And they were actually in one of the two week breaks that they had throughout the season where they went two weeks without a new episode. So we were like, oh man, there's like five or six episodes of season six or season five getting ahead. (laughs) There's like five or six episodes of season five already out on the CW app. So we can catch up to season five and start watching it live when it comes back in two weeks. We were super excited. Obviously, we blew through those five episodes very quickly, and then we're stuck with like a week and a half of nothing. And mind you, for the last month or so, all we had been doing at the end of the day is watching The 100. So when we went a week and a half, you know, like like 10 days without a single episode, it was such a weird feeling and I just found myself like wanting more and needing more and completely forgetting the whole point of even why we started the show. And I, you know, started looking into, you know, videos on YouTube from fans and, you know, fan reaction videos and, you know, the cast and you know, at the different cons they had gone to and their interviews and things they had said about the show season by season, just kind of getting this backstory and any information I really could during this break for us waiting for a new episode. And I told my husband, I said, if this is how intense it is waiting to watch episode by episode, week by week with commercials and, you know, only getting like a 40 minute episode once a week and then you know, the season's halfway over already now that we're watching it live. And now we're going to have to go through like a seven, eight, maybe even nine month hiatus break. I don't think I'm going to survive. And he just kind of laughed and he was like, to think that I had to convince you to watch this and you wanted to give up on it. And now you're like so far in on this that like you don't even remember what life was like before it began a month, a a month ago, even Um, What was our life like before all this? And I said, it's taken a hold of my life. And like, I even have used some hundred lingo by accident in passing, obviously to people who have probably never seen the show, but um, just things that I say kind of in everyday life. And, you know, to me, I kind of laugh and giggle because I'm like, oh, that's totally a hundred reference. And people are just looking at me like, okay, you're weird. Like, I don't even know what that means. Or why is it funny whenever I say together and you repeat together back and then you kind of giggle like, why is that a thing? But, you know, it's just kind of what happens, I guess, when you just get sucked into this vortex that is the hundred. So after all that, um, I was, you know, finding fan pages on Instagram and then I reactivated my Twitter because I had realized that a lot of where the fandom lives for this show is on Twitter. And I started following fan pages and individuals that are just big fans of the show and people who write for the show and people who write um, reviews, journalists for the shows and the actors of the shows. And it became just this snowball effect where I followed 12 people. And, you know, within a week or so, I was following like 150 people and they were all 
hundred related and, you know, seeing everyone's reactions and where they stand on different issues and different characters, different relationships, you know, their reaction episode by episode and their reaction toward the cast and their reaction toward the writers and the creators and their reaction toward each other, you know, and I was like, whoa, this might be a little bit more than I bargained for. This might be a little more than I can handle. I've never been good with Twitter, which is why, you know, for like, what, three years or something, I didn't even know my password to Twitter. I just got in Twitter when it was the cool thing to do, but I never did anything with it. And if you honestly scroll through my feed, you'd be able to tell like there's nothing on there and there's nothing relevant on there. And there's like a year or two between tweets. And it's just, it was never my thing. I could never figure it out. But I mean, I would just scroll through my newsfeed and it would be everything hundred related from fans and from cast members and from writers and from journalists that cover the show and podcasts that cover the show. And I was going through and starting to listen to podcasts while I was reading stuff. And then I found out about fan fiction and I was like, oh my gosh, like this has become too much. By the time that episode had aired and it was our first time watching a live episode like I had so much going on like my life had been consumed by this show I was literally having to have like a glass of wine before the show even started because I'd be so nervous not knowing what was coming and knowing I had to wait another week or longer for another episode and I was gonna have to deal with like commercial breaks cutting into you know, the one flow of what you get when you watch it online or on Netflix or wherever. So I was having to just calm myself down because it just became so intense to me. Now, fast forward, we just finished the season finale and I have found myself just As a new person, now I understand there's a lot of diehard fans out there and they have been there, like I said, since day one, since the very first episode aired. And they have been so loyal to watch week by week and suffer the long breaks between seasons and then week by week again and everything that they've gone through. And, you know, I feel like I've barely been able to survive and it's only been like now at this point, it's only been two months since I even watched the very first episode of the show. And so I feel like as a newbie who has seen all the episodes, I have kind of a different or maybe a not different, but a unique perspective in the sense of, you know, there's these people that have followed these characters from the beginning and their ups and their downs and their different relationships with people and things that they've done and, you know, people they've lost and you know, they have felt that in the moment. And so they feel like they've been drug on this long emotional ride that feels like it only goes one tick in the direction each time. You know, it's not very fast paced. It's very slow. And, you know, it's torturing. I feel the same way that the majority of the fan base is, which is totally why the hell are Bellamy and Clark not together? Like I saw... In season one, I looked at my husband when she was still with Finn and still kind of back and forth with Finn, even when Raven came. And I said, she's going to be with Bellamy now. And he was like, no, I don't think so. And I was like, no, they totally have this thing. And then as we started playing it out, and my husband's not one to like jump into like teen romance. He thinks it's like all petty and, you know, that's just not his thing. And he started getting on board. He's like, oh, I totally see it now. You know, like by the end of season one. 
when she left him at the end of season two, my husband goes, what is she doing? Like, are you kidding me? Like, she's really going to leave him and like act like he's not equally responsible. And he went off on this rant and it made me feel a little bit better because it's exactly what I was feeling. Um, Like I said, no one else we really know watches the show and we've tried to get people on board with it. We've got a couple of people on board um, so we can have, you know, people to talk to about it aside from each other because I think we've both exhausted everything we can say to each other about this show. So obviously we're big on Bellamy and Clark and I really don't know how to pronounce how everyone says it. Is it Bellark or Belark or however you say it, you can correct me. I'm not really sure. Uh, 100%. And I feel like people who don't see that or refused to believe in it, they're just lying to themselves. Because like I said, this isn't something I've seen since the show came out. This is something I've seen in the last two months, just watching them clustered episode by episode all together without a break. I instantly saw it. And if you don't see that and you don't root for that and you don't feel like absolute agony and pain every time, it's like I need to tell you something and then they're cut off or they're interrupted. And it's like you know what they want to say to each other. And it's like they're refusing to let them do it is the most agonizing thing. (laughs) And I can only, that's why I said I have major respect for people who have been watching this week by week since it began, because I don't think I would have been able to handle it. Like the last two months just alone have been so painful. And I can't imagine it being, it's been five seasons now. So it's been like four, almost five years since the show's been out. And it's been like this. I just, mad respect to you guys out there for real. I don't think I would have been able to handle it. So being a big, you know, Bellamy and Clark person and then diving into Twitter and diving into these fans accounts and Instagram and all these things, I have had to look up so many words, you guys. Now, now I'm going to let you know, I'm 27. I'm not old per se, but things like Tumblr and, you know, all those things, those are like unknown territory to me, like Tumblr and Twitter and things like that were never really within, I guess, my generation. My generation experienced the beginning of Snapchat and then it died off for, you know, people my age after about a year or two. Um, I'm, I'm really good with, you know, like Instagram, Facebook, those are like the OGs, but you know, I I guess maybe I'm a little bit older than some of the core fandom or maybe around the same age as the core fandom. And I know there's a lot of, you know, people that are older than me that are part of the fandom too. But I feel like whenever I go through and read things, because you don't really know everyone's age, I feel like I might be like on the older side because I've had to Google and like get translation and definitions for so many words. First of all, shipper. I should have known that meant relationship, but I had no, when everyone's like, I ship them, I'm a shipper, I had no idea what that was referencing to, and I was so confused. Um, Canon, I still am not 100% sure on canon. Um, I know that means like they mean like they knowingly are together is what I'm gathering from people, like how they're using it, the word canon. Um the tea, like, up, oh, that's the tea, or she spilt the tea, like, things like that is just really funny. If you look at my Google history, and I'm trying to figure out what all of these words and their definitions and their meanings are, I probably look like what one of my parents do whenever 
my mom had asked me actually recently, someone had texted her SMH. And my mom was like, what does that mean? And I laughed so hard. I was crying because I literally had to explain it to her. So I feel like that's kind of what Google's doing to me. It's probably laughing at me for having to look these things up. But beside the point, I really enjoyed all the fan accounts, um, all of, you know, the journalists and their different perspectives on it. I will say I have a hard time reading from the actual writers and creator. Um, I don't condone hate in any way toward them. I mean, this is their show. This is how they make a living. You know, there's a reason they have the job they have. Um, But I will say I don't know if they're doing it for viewers um, viewer ratings to keep people intrigued to continue to watch until because they know it'll come eventually or what they're really trying to do with it. But I just find it so hard that you put all of these things for this these two people and you have put everyone else in a relationship. You know, Clark had her relationships with Finn and she had it with Lexa and she had kind of a guess somehow relationship with Nyla, but you refused to put her with Bellamy. And Bellamy was, you know, the player in the first one. And then he was with Gina for a short half episode before she was killed by Echo, who now you've put him with. And you expect everyone to just believe that she changed. After how many times she tried to kill Bellamy and Clark and his people. And I mean, even Rowan cast her out because of the stupid things that she had done. And, you know, just how disliked she was in general. And I feel like putting her in space, you definitely could have. And I understand maybe time permitting you felt like you didn't have the time to kind of show that. But you could have showed or at least talked about some kind of progression that she actually made instead of just, up. Oh, she's with Bellamy and he's the leader. So everyone likes her and she's in charge when he's not around. And it's all cool and like, you know, force feeding you this. You know, it's kind of like whenever I try to give my dog like a healthy, um, like a probiotic or something that he needs to take. Um he's not going to take it but if I slather it in peanut butter you know to me awkward but like Bellamy's the peanut butter and Echo is the probiotic and they're trying to like force feed it and like mask using Bellamy you know to make us like Echo using him to make us like her instead of just making her a good character and a likable character she can turn a corner every one of these characters have turned a corner in one point or another and you had that chance to do that with her and Instead, you just masked it with, she's with Bellamy, so like her now. That'll make you like her because you like him. And I don't know, guys. It's just not working for me. And I know from what I've read, it's really not working for a lot of people. It's just kind of forced with no background to go off of. I mean, you even gave Murphy, which my husband can attest to this. We were both just waiting for Murphy to die in season one. We were like, when is this get, When is this guy going to die? Like he deserves it and he's horrible and like how does he keep surviving through all these things and then even like most of season two we were like I don't care about Murphy I really don't care but then of course you know he deals with the whole thing with Jaha and the crazy city of light and you know comes you meets Mori and you know twice at that point by the time that's happening and then he really becomes part of the team and you just really start to root for Murphy and you really start to like Murphy. But even Murphy has a love and Miller, he had Brian and now he has Jackson and Abby and Kane who were at each other's throats, you know, those first season or two. 
they're together, even though it's Rocky now. And I mean, Raven has had Finn and she had, uh, I don't even remember the guy's name, but I know that like there was a reason he couldn't come back to the show. Um, the engineer guy. And then, you know, now she has Shaw and, you know, so like you can't sit there as a creator or a writer and say, our show isn't about ships. It's not about relationships. It's not about love. And that's so boring. And that's so blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, you have everyone in a relationship except Bellamy and Clark together. They have their separate relationships with other people. And then you have the most purest relationship of all, which I'm still reeling from the finale, guys. Like, it's still, like, tearing and breaking my heart. The most pure relationship in the entire show, Monty and Harper. And so are they trying to make a statement that, okay, we'll have a pure relationship with a happy ending, but then we're going to kill them off because we don't want that on our show. I don't know if that was a statement they were trying to make or what, but I feel like there was so much more to Monty and Harper than just their relationship. And they kind of got screwed on screen time knowing that they were going to kill them that season. They should have made them, made a lot more time for them in a sense. And it's kind of like, you know, they trying to tear apart all these relationships. I mean, Finn died. That ended for Raven and Clark. And Lexa died for Clark and Nyla even though she's not dead she's not really around or a parent and she's definitely a different person after following Octavia and then Octavia's one and only love Lincoln was killed which by the way I will never be over I will never be over Lincoln dying I still to this day am just infuriated about that and my husband actually wanted to quit watching the show after Lincoln died he said nope I don't want to continue with the show he was an awesome character and that's kind of how hardcore he is. And, you know, we both are kind of about Lincoln. Um, so that's still a really sore and touchy subject. And Abby and Kane have had their split and their their issues and their problems. And, you know, Miller, I'm not really sure what happened with Brian. It's kind of like after him and Miller split ways, you never saw or heard from Brian again. Like even when they were selecting who would stay in the bunker or, you know, during Prime Fire. Um you know, Jasper had his quick fling with Maya, and of course she died, and then in turn Jasper died, and I'm, you know, just all these couples, Gina died, and I don't know who Bellamy was laying around with in season one, but I, I don't even remember them, so I'm sure they're not alive anymore, and so it's like every couple except Monty and Harper were split up, somebody died, animosity or whatever and then you killed the most pure couple the only glimmer of light in this show it feels like um now I'm thankful we have his son you know we have Jordan who is probably the most pure human being that we must protect at all costs you know I'm so excited to see where his character goes but back to the whole issue of Bellamy and Clark I just find it funny that they will write articles or they'll do interviews for articles and such saying that their show is not about relationships and Bellamy and Clark are just friends but then you're throwing in traitor who you love and you know I left her behind that's all he cared about and she radioed him every day asking about everyone you know at times but it was him it was to Bellamy and 
all these things back and forth that just scream Bellamy and Clark are together. Any outsider of this show or someone new to the show, kind of like myself, can see that from a mile away. You're not just talking about fans who just want this so badly, who have been here since day one, dealing with this slow burn. It's just, it's everyone. It's anyone that has two eyes that can see they belong together. And if you're not going to put them together, then quit feeding everyone these things about you know, their moments together, their looks together, um, their conversations with each other, their conversations about each other to other people. I mean, when Clark had talked about that she did love Lexa, you know, who was dead, the look on Bellamy's face, even Kane turned and looked at Bellamy and saw like the crushing heartbreak of him having to, to see that. I mean, Octavia has seen it for so long and Murphy saw it, you know, when they were in Polis and they were trying to fight the people who were still in the City of Light. And I mean, there's not a character on that show that doesn't see it. And you're making them that way. You're making those characters see them that way. You're making them see each other that way. Yet you're refusing to let them have a conversation more than two seconds about each other. Because they wouldn't be able to have one without it coming out. I feel like I'm not a writer. I'm not a movie writer or TV writer. I'm not even a blog or whatever. But I feel like I could definitely see why everyone's upset. And they feel like they should be in charge of writing this. Because it's been drug out for too long. With all of these instances that says they are together. They do love each other. Everyone knows it. They know it but we're not going to ever let them say it to each other. That to me is wrong. And that's where you're going to lose your viewers. And if you think that dangling these carrots in front of them and saying, oh, but come back for this season, it'll happen. Oh, nope, didn't happen. Come back for this next season. Then it will probably happen. Like we've set it up that way and then never let it happen. It's just, I don't know. It's frustrating because I feel like you could have done so well. Not saying it hasn't been. I mean, season five was a little bit slow for me because it was a lot of the same thing over and over again. But I feel like, you know, you had a lot of missed opportunities to not only increase your viewers if that's, you know, your main concern, but also bring in new viewers because you're putting your season five out on Netflix next week, which means all five seasons of your show can be binge watched by so many new viewers that by the time season six comes around, you're going to have a massive following than you did the season before. So I feel like from a business standpoint, as someone who owns a business, and I know this is not kind of the same thing, but just kind of if you're thinking about it in the terms of numbers and your viewers and getting re-signed for another season and your viewers have to be at a certain point to get renewed for that next season um, to kind of give yourself a little bit of breathing room to know, okay, well, we're signed on for a couple more seasons. We can start writing now. We don't have to play a season and then wait to get picked up before we can even start writing the following season, you know, because as far as I know, they haven't even started filming yet and they're probably only halfway through, you know, next season's writing because of the amount of time they've had since they were confirmed for their next season. I feel like from a business standpoint, you would have done that a long time ago, putting them together or at least letting them acknowledge it. Like if you're not going to have them together, but at least they acknowledge they know about everything about each other um, and what, you know, the love they have 
for one another that everyone else can so clearly see and call them out on about it. You know, to me, you're not fan pleasing in that sense. At that point, you're like, okay, we've dragged this out as long as we can. We need to put them together. And guess what? I will say this. Another big show I'm a fan of is The Office. And a lot of people thought if they would have put Jim and Pam together, that that would kind of end that camaraderie of their, the part of the camaraderie of their relationship of the show. And so they, you know, a lot of people thought, oh, you know, they don't even get together till season four. That's really not that long. I mean, I know there's only nine seasons, but still, you know, once you put Jim and Pam together, it became so much more. And it was so great to see. It wasn't just all about their relationship. You did get to see their love and their relationship grow, but they still worked really well together, whether it was pranks or, you know, just working in general or life. And it was such a good added thing that if they would have continued to drag that out, I think it would have just kind of been annoying. And even though they are two of the mains, that show has a lot of main characters. I feel like in this show, Bellamy and Clark are the show. If there was no Bellamy or there was no Clark, there would not be a show, you know, one without the other. Whereas, you know, in the office, there was a, a ton of main people and there were some episodes Jim and Pam weren't even in and they were still great episodes I feel like the same cannot be said about Bellamy and Clark if there are episodes without the two of them it's kind of a drag and you know you just kind of wait for one of them hopefully both of them to be on screen together because that is the core of your show so I just kind of feel like it's wasted opportunity it's not fan pleasing you know, I feel like they think, oh, if we put these two together, there's nowhere else to go except to kill one of them and our show's over. Like, no, you can show them the best and highest rated episodes that you're getting are the scenes where they're working together. They're speaking and communicating together, you know, like when they're against each other or he's one place and she's another place or they're on separate sides, like on the war or something like that. It's never good and people are so infuriated and they're less likely to watch and pay attention and really care about those scenes and those episodes. But the episodes that they're together most of the time and they're working together and their scenes are together and they're working toward a common goal. Those are your big ticket episodes. So I don't understand why you would waste that by not putting them together. You know, just because they're together doesn't mean, oh, there's nowhere to go except down like I feel the opposite I feel like there's nowhere to go but up <sighs> that's my spiel on the whole Blark situation um I think if they never get together if they never put them together in the show it's really gonna be a waste of a show in general and it'll be so heartbreaking for so many people myself included who feels like they've invested so much into these characters and this story to not get you know, and I'm happy that Harper and Monty got their happy ending. You know, Monty and Harper have always kind of been happy together, even though they didn't get much screen time, you know, and they did get their happy ever after. But like if the show ends and at the very end, then they decide to make them say I love you or be together. And then like we don't get to see any of it play out. It's just this constant buildup that's so unnecessary at this point because you can't really do it anymore. You've run out just to end the entire show with okay now they're together they lived happily ever after bye you don't get to see it you know your investment meant nothing to us I feel like that is such a cheat so I'm hoping hoping now from what I've seen 
these people who write the show and the creator of the show really like to go against everything the majority of the fans want. And the fans, in reality, are kind of the ones that sign your paycheck, in, in a sense. You know, if the fans don't watch and the fans don't promote your show and the fans don't make these beautiful videos and these interviews and these artwork and the supporting of these, you know, the cast that they do, you know, you don't have a show. If you don't have viewers, you don't have a show. So to me, I'm not saying every fan base, you know, needs to be fed, but I feel like from what I know, when Lexa died, there was a huge uproar of people who were so angry and tried to get the show canceled. Now, someone can correct me if that is, you know, not correct information, but from what I can tell of what I've read, Klexa or Klexas or whatever they are, um, tried to get the show canceled when she died. And it wasn't, you know, a harsh thing of like, I just don't like this actor or this actor, you know, we're done with them. Their story can't really go anywhere. We're kind of over it. I'm going to kill him. Like, no, like the actress received you know, a really great opportunity and, you know, she needed to leave. And the only way, you know, was to have Clark, I mean, not have Clark, but like the only way to separate her and Clark was by death. The amount that they have mentioned Lexa since she died and even into this season is astronomical for someone who was literally goes from season three, episode two, spitting at her, calling her a bitch, wanting to kill her, putting a knife to her throat. And then four or five episodes later, they're sleeping together. And then she's mourning, you know, her death all at the same time. And it never goes away. Like in four episodes, you expect it. I mean, like that's, that's almost just as bad as us supposed to buy this whole Becco situation of, you know, they've been together a couple episodes, but most of season five, they were apart and they didn't really talk about each other when they were apart. So, I mean, I feel like it's kind of a force fed thing and it's like you're trying to continue to feed this specific group of people that are fans that you said you refuse to do, but you're continuing to feed this group of fans that try to get your show canceled when you killed her off, you know, and you know, we're, we're now going into season six and it, there's been time jumps of six years and 125 years at this point. And you're still trying to feed them that. And you won't feed the people who have been loyal the whole time, have not been trying to get your show canceled. And you just keep dangling in front of them and then going and telling interviews like they're platonic, they're leaders, but then you also throw in the word soulmate. I don't know about any of you out there, but my husband, I believe, is my soulmate. I love with all my heart. I could not survive without. So how can you tell me that they're friends and they're platonic, but they're soulmates? That doesn't, I have best friends who I would die for. I do, but I don't consider them my soulmate. My husband is my soulmate. I have one soul. Sometimes I feel like I don't have any, but that's another story. But my thing is my soul, my one my soulmate belongs to him. It's, it's him. You know, I have best friends, but they're not my soulmates because you only have one to give and it's to him. So when you use the word best friends, 
platonic, non-romantic, and soulmates all in the same sentence when describing this couple that you are refusing to put together, but you want to consider, you know, continuing to torture people with lines. Again, like the traitor you love. Like, I mean, his sister called him out on it and radioing him for six years and knowing he was the thing, radioing him, even though you didn't hear back, knowing that that was what was keeping you alive. Almost spilling I love you to each other so many times just to be interrupted. You know, that's not the same thing. Best friends and soulmates are not the same thing. So if you're going to say you're not going to feed the fandom, quit feeding the Lexa story to us. She's been gone for 130 something years now. So quit feeding into that. And, you know, just be true to your word of if you're not going to feed fans and what they want, then you have to make that go for everyone. And if you're going to make them strictly platonic best friends, that's the storyline you need to go with. That's how you need to write them. But for five seasons, you've written them as something so much more and as soulmates in your words that you can't get mad whenever the fans are pissed that they're not getting that and they're just getting strung along. I feel like I would never be the person that says, I'm going to boycott this show. This is horrible. This is that, you know, the other. If I like the show, I like the show. And I understand it's not all about Bellamy and Clark, but the writers and the creator are making it all about Bellamy and Clark and then snapping at people who make it about Bellamy and Clark. We're, we're just making it what you're telling us. You're the one writing and telling us the story. So that's what we're reacting off of. So You can't get mad when people react off of exactly what you wrote. I digress. Again, I don't support or encourage, you know, hate and, you know, maliciousness toward, you know, the writers and the creators of the show. I would just really hope that they would take into account that these are the people that at the end of the day, ultimately sign their paychecks. Like I understand the network is the one that gives you the budget and they sign your paychecks. But with no one watching your show, you don't have a show to be paid for. So I really hope that going into season six, especially with the new character, Jordan, who I'm so excited about. I mean, think about it. This kid has only known his two parents. Who are the ultimate Belark shippers? Let's be honest. Why else would they only wake them up and leave their son to them. When they had only known Clark for a few months that they were on the ground before Prime Fire and they knew Becco in space for six years. Or even Raven. You know, you know, up there it was Bellamy and Raven were in charge because Clark wasn't there. You know, Monty and Harper, all of season five, they thought Clark was against them. And she was only cared about Maddie. She left Bellamy to die. She left them in Polis. She was on the wrong side of the war. She was on McCreary's side. You know, they had mentioned that so many times, you know, and it made, you know, Monty and Harper seem like they were angry with her. We never saw any kind of reconciliation between Monty and Harper and Clark before cryo. Yet, you know, Monty and Harper said, wake up Clark and Bellamy. Clark and Bellamy take care of our kid when we're gone, you know. And they had technically at that point only known Clark a few months. Like I said, before Prime Fire and then their time after Space. So to me, ultimate Blark shippers still love Monty and Harper for that and for every little teeny speck of light that they brought to the show. Still sad they're gone, but I am excited that they left an amazing kid behind who is definitely a perfect mixture of Monty and Harper. And I realize it's not their real kid in life, but I mean, I have to give it up to casting for casting the perfect actor to capture 
the perfect combination of Monty and Harper. Um, I don't know. I think Shannon Cook's going to be absolutely amazing. I can't wait to see where it goes. And I'm hoping that, you know, in this writing process, they see kind of the air of their ways of what they did in season five that went horribly wrong and what they could do in season six to make it better. And not just the story of what's the next enemy, what's the next war we have to deal with. You know, I hope there's kind of a little bit of a break from that. I understand that's the plot of the show. But to really develop these characters, you know, time to rebuild their relationships and to heal and to confront the issues that have been plaguing them for so long. Um, Because I think really everyone kind of needs that closure and that tension you know, they're all going to this new planet together. They're really going to need to rely on each other. And they can't do that if none of them have had, you know, the closure and, you know, repair. Because so many of them are at odds. And then they're going to have to wake up also to the fact that it's been 125 years, not 10. And they're at this new planet, not Earth. And that Monty and Harper sacrificed themselves so they could be the good guys and not go down there and make the same mistake. And, you know, the least they could do is honor them for that and honor their wishes with their kid. So next time, this is my little bit spiel, sorry. Um, Next time we're going to be delving in with two of my greatest friends that um, one has been a hundred watcher um, from the beginning. She'll be here. And then it's going to be my friend who I just got interested and introduced the hundred to. Um, what we're doing as a group of three is we're actually going to go back the very beginning because again if you didn't know season five is coming out on netflix at least in the u.s um all of season five will be out on netflix next week so all five seasons um we're gonna go through and watch a couple episodes at a time from the very beginning because you know like i said my friend she's been watching it from the very beginning and then i have a friend who's just now watching it and then me i kind of breeze through the first couple of seasons just really looking for research um not really paying attention and really digging into as much as we could so we'll come back and you know take you guys back to the beginning and we're gonna have some pretty awesome fan pages and fans themselves that have been really invested in this show and have a big online presence um in supporting the show and different things like that and so we can get kind of some different perspectives from people who have been there since the beginning people who are new um people who are hardcore blark and people who understand where the writers are coming from and you know all different points of view so we can all kind of be heard out in a very calm way because I feel like when you're online you can really let your opinion and you know the the passion you have for your specific opinion um, overrule kindness and just, you know, human decency, you know, when you see someone who disagrees with you or someone who you don't like what they said, or they don't like what you said, and it becomes into this huge malicious thing. And I think if anything, this cast has done better than just the acting itself is really just thanking the fans and continuing to remind them to be kind, you know, in a day and age where online bullying is a huge thing, you know, being kind to one another, being kind to people who have a different opinion than you do. Um, at the end of the day, it is a show. It's fictional. This isn't based on a true story. Um, 
the people who write the show are real people like you and me and your friend and your parents and your siblings and your coworkers and you know these actors are real people you know they're not their characters just because their character did some horrible heinous thing doesn't mean that the actress you know portraying her is this horrible awful evil person who needs to be persecuted and you know on and on like these are all really great people who took a show that not many people really thought was going to go anywhere and they have made it into this almost one crew type cult following if if you know you get the reference in that sense like not saying it's you know that hardcore but just in general like the loyalty and the following of it so big props to them for that um and hopefully hopefully maybe one of these days you know we can we can talk to some of these people who are really into the show. Um, I've really convinced my husband now I really want to visit Vancouver and see all these places that they've shot. You know, even if they're not there. Like, I think it would just be really cool and kind of bring the show to life even more. Just kind of seeing and being physically at these places um, that they've shot the show. So I hope you guys... Um, we're interested and you're kind of interested in where this podcast can go. I will say for people out there who, you know, they're not into Belark, you're still welcome here. But if you're really big into Becco or Klexa, I will say you might be a little disappointed because um, that's just kind of not where my stance and the people I know that's not where their stance is. So you may have a lack of content in that sense. Um but yes, we are all big Bullark shippers here and we want them to eventually be together because we feel like the show could really take a whole new level with that and maybe even gain a lot new, you know, fans and following and the show could go for a long time, which I think would appease everybody, um, you know, if the show is continued um, for longer than just season six and they have a real opportunity in season six to really extend this out you know, further than just, you know, going season by season to see if it'll resurrect. But that's all for now. And I hope you enjoyed. And uh, we'll see you next time. May we meet again.